If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Than the seat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I really don't think Claudia is haunted. I think her baby doll is haunted. Oh, yeah, it's her. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the baby. Yeah. It's the baby. It's okay. okay, I'll be, sh- be smudging the hell out of them. Put <laughs> them back in my house. We know you've been desperately waiting. Yes. For the Mad Lib results. Oh, Mad my Lib God. Results here. I'm, pro- I'm sure I fucked it up, so y'all just go with it. <laughs> okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> Do you need your glasses? <laughs> get that, Morgan. Get her putting those on. <laughs> All right. We haven't even talked about what our costumes. People on the internet radio don't even know. Internet well, radio. They should have come. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Never mind that. I'm not going to tell you anything. <laughs> Let her do the Mad Lib yeah. first. Oh. I was okay. just saying, because your granny glasses. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> granny, you're scaring me. <laughs> All right. On a slimy Halloween night, Marleya, Courtney, and Patrice decided to go on an adventure oh to God. Cemetery Mountain. <laughs> this sounds like a Dora the Explorer episode. <laughs> <laughs> They had heard tales of a unicorn that roamed the mountains searching (laughs) for its lost spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, y'all. Oh, God. As they began their hike, the moon was flaccid, (laughs) casting lumpy shadows on the ground. The trees melted in the wind, and every now and then you would hear a... Nah. <laughs> in the distance. Suddenly, they stumbled upon a pentagon. <laughs> Curiosity Pentagram. got the better of them, and they decided to explore. Inside, they found a lollipop Yay. that looked like it had been there for 42 years. <laughs> but the most surprising thing was a pickle. Yay! That's a good surprise. And it was still fresh. <laughs> Just then, they heard a lazy laugh coming from behind them. Turning around, they saw a fluffy unicorn Yay. holding a spoon. It's so fluffy, I could die. <laughs> Fuck! It shouted. <laughs> <laughs> Marlea goes, it's the legendary unicorn of Cemetery Mountain. Yes. The creature looked at them and says, I've been searching for my spoon for ages, and you found it. As a token of gratitude, the creature gave them another spoon <laughs> and did a polka. <laughs> This is Will you animate this? <laughs> I can't say this next part. Feeling both horny and sad. 
<laughs> Marleya Courtney and Patrice <laughs> decided it was time to head back. <laughs> As they left the mountain, they could hear the unicorn singing a metal song. <laughs> a metal song. Celebrating the return of its beloved spoon. <laughs> And the tale of this sketchy Halloween adventure on Cemetery Mountain became legend told around campfires for years to come. (laughs) And every time the Strange South crew heard it, they would jerk. (laughs) And remember that sparkling night. (laughs) There you go. Good job, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for not making it weird. Uh, That's so fun. (laughs) I love how Mad Libs are dirty, even when they're not. It doesn't even matter. I don't know. I I think horny horny was like the giveaway there. Horny and sad. (laughs) It's really just the way you got to do it. I mean, like, if you're going to do a Mad Lib. That's true. That's true. There was also no poop in that. I was really surprised. That is surprise. Where was our poop? I don't know. We're all a little older now. (laughs) I mean, are we? (laughs) Well, welcome back, everybody. (laughs) Thank you for participating in our first annual (laughs) Mad Lib. Lib. (laughs) If you didn't get time to enjoy looking at my big brain, I set it on the table (laughs) back there. Um, (laughs) You're welcome to dig in. There's a spoon and plates. Um, do you want to talk about our costumes? No. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> I thought we should probably talk about your big brain that you just brought up out of nowhere. For the I don't know. It's special for the people who are here. I'm trying to Jell-O make them all people. jealous. There's no onions in it. I made a jello brain. It, it's, um, but if you want to make a jello brain look apparently extremely realistic, according to our friend Rusty, who said it had a hind brain and everything. <laughs> so I was like, is that just its brain tail? I don't know. What that <laughs> but um, it's like it's a peach jello in evaporated milk. And that's it. Super easy. As long as you have a brain shaped jello mold. <laughs> so, yeah. It's also really creepy. So, yeah, it is. Y'all enjoy. <laughs> Go eat some brain. <laughs> um,. Should I just tell my story? Yeah. I'm asking permission. Is this? I'm ready. Are we good? Mm-hmm. Are you good? <laughs> Scary granny needs to be the one to tell you. You're really freaking <laughs> me out, Patrice. For some reason, now you're scary. Scary than granny. Before. Granny in the attic, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, whatever, I'll just be your scary granny. I'll be your scary granny. I'll be your scary <laughs> granny. All right. Oh, God, I think I might actually need glasses, but we'll Where see. Are you some readers? Right they're, they're in a, Do yeah, are yours the same as mine? Let's give it a shot. Gonna, we're fucking old, y'all. That's just what happens. You'd be ready. You'd be ready. Oh, that ain't right. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Where are yours? In my purse. But you know what I can do? Just like, are you sure? No. Something like that. I can just do. No. I can just do we, that. We have different problems. I'll start because I have some of this memory. Randy's getting it. Oh, Randy's on the job. <laughs> <laughs> because this starts with our friend, fucking Kellyanne. Yes! <laughs> Kellyanne! <laughs> Who actually, FKA. you guys, if you've listened to the show for a while, you've heard us talk about FKA before, and uh, and we haven't seen her in like four years, four years. And she's here tonight, along with Ruth, who we also know. And we like, and we've enjoyed seeing before. And they drove thank up you, from thank Montgomery. You. 
I know. Thank travel you. friends. Uh, we have so many good travel friends. We do. So, um, and just like you talked about, Kenneth sends us a lot of stories, and FKA also sends us a lot of ideas over, you know, over the and four then years she makes that we've this, met each like, other. Knife fight over them. I know she did. She actually <laughs> told me because I claimed this one, and she told me that you were going to murder me. <laughs> but um, She's not wrong. No, you're not going to murder me. You love me. I do love you. So, um, FKA, not very long ago, sent me a big slew of Savannah, Georgia stories. And um, I was fixing to go to Savannah anyways. Courtney and I went to visit a friend of ours in Savannah a couple weeks ago. Or Ooh. actually... Last, last week. weekend. We got back one day. This is why I'm so yeah. tired. Four days ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, when I got these... This is a bad thing about readers, is I'm just sitting here like... <laughs> um, so, uh, when I got all these stories, I started research on a lot of them, and I was like, oh, there's so many good ones here. You know, which is what she... I mean, she gave me, like, pages and pages of things. And, of course, you know, I researched all these, and we went to Savannah, and I ended up somewhere else completely. <laughs> so, so sorry. <laughs> but... See, Kellyanne, they're wasted on her. This is... I know she was going to say this. I knew she was going to say it. But I wouldn't have gotten where I got if it wasn't for you. And we did finally go to Bonaventure Cemetery, Ooh. which if you guys have ever visited Savannah, um, hit Bonaventure it's if you so haven't beautiful. gone before. Um, so we beautiful. visited the grave of Little Gracie in Bonaventure Cemetery, Conrad Aiken, and Johnny Mercer. Johnny These Mercer. are all stories that mm -hmm. we talked about. Um, but what I ended up hitting on was only just the tiniest little bit outside of Savannah. So um, folks around here generally, a lot of us know... Georgia's known for movies now a lot more, right? Mm -hmm. Like we know Georgia invites people to come in, do filmings, do TV shows. You know, they, they've made it a real big part of their, um, you know, state personality and they want to bring in that money. So we all know folks go there. Um, we, we, we have friends who did extra for Stranger Things or Walking Dead. There's all kinds of stuff out there. And um, actors are getting some good business in Georgia now. And one of those actors is a guy named William Mark McCullough. And he has not had a ton of really big roles, but he's had some, like, he's had very regular work in a lot of bigger, I knew I knew I was going to burp at y'all tonight, <laughs> um, in a lot of bigger shows and movies. So he's been in The Walking Dead. He was in Hillbilly Elegy, if you saw that. There's a movie called American Maid. He was in that. He was in the TV show Sweet Magnolias, um, the Marvel show The Gifted, um, Arsenal. He was in Quantum Leap, which you guys were watching not long the ago. The new Quantum Leap. The yeah. new Quantum, mm -hmm. yeah, the new one. <laughs> not that, with Bacula. Not the Scott Bacula <laughs> version. Oh, I love that. Um, so, you know, steady work. And um, he He'd gotten the attention in 2015 of South Magazine, and they interviewed him, and he goes by Mark. Um, so Mark grew up in a trailer park on the edges of Savannah. His mom did housework. His dad did construction. And um, he said in the article, his, his dad had a house in Savannah all through his childhood that he'd moved to in the 70s. Mark didn't stay there all that often because his parents were divorced. Um, so when he was a kid, he was mostly at his mom's. And he got a theater degree. Um, after high school, he eventually went to law school in DC, but ultimately ended up going back to acting. He, it was just something that he loved. And, um, he ended up moving to Los Angeles for several years, working steadily, all those roles that I mentioned to you, all those shows and, and movies. But besides those, he also wrote and produced some shows and films. It was mostly in like the 2010s. So he started a production company with a friend of his named Alexis Nelson. And I was like, Alexis Nelson, why do I know that name? Cause I was thinking of Alexis Nicole Nelson. Nelson, who is Black Forager, who if you follow Black oh, Forager yeah, on Instagram, so cool. is fucking yeah. amazing. She is awesome. This is yeah. not that Alexis Nelson. 
But this Alexis Nelson is cool in her own way. She's a visual effects professional. Um, she worked on one of my absolute favorite B-horror movies, Zombievers, which ah. if you've ever... Did, seriously, listen, listen. If It's got the, it's got the, the most awesome like lounge theme song. It'll get stuck in your head for years. Zombievers. We haven't Zombievers. No, I've watched it. Have you, you watched it? No. Okay, well, that's going to happen. So everybody watch Zombievers. But anyways, Alexis Nelson. I was very surprised because I didn't know about this connection. Um, She met Mark McCullough while the two were working on a student film at UCLA together. And they co-founded a production company called Fort Argyle Films in 2011. Argyle. Yeah. So in uh, 2014, he moved back to Savannah. Um, he works in Georgia. He commutes to L.A. He teaches young actors in Georgia about the business because one of the things he always said was, you know, I, I had a theater degree. I had no idea how to get jobs out of that. And so that's one of the things that he did. And after a time, his dad passed away and Mark bought his dad's house and moved in. And even though he didn't stay there a ton when he was a kid, um, it had a lot of sentimental value to him. His dad put a lot of himself into it, Mark said, and um, he could see his dad's impression everywhere he looked in the house. He said his his dad basically built this house around the shell of a much older house that was on that property. And it's a unique looking house for sure. And I actually have. Yeah, we went to see it. I, will, I actually have I a, know a, what we're doing, a photo of the house that is from a press. Uh, ignore the girl in the window. This is from a press. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is from a press photo. Um, but if you'd like to see what the house looks like, Courtney's going to kind of pass it around to you guys and you can look at it. But for all of you on the internet radio, I'm going to describe it as best I can anyway. It'll be on our website. Check our show notes. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so it's on a busy road outside of Savannah. But, and I mean, it is a busy road. The, uh, I mean, yeah. those, those cars are loud and booking yeah. outside. Yeah. But it's still pretty easy to spot from the road mm-hmm. because on either side of the short gravel driveway in the front of this house, there's gargoyles. There are these tall, like light stone, kind of sandstone looking gargoyles crouched on pillars on Mm -hmm. either side of the driveway. And um, it's got a small front yard. It's got it's got a savanna vegetation. You know, it's got old oaks with Spanish moss hanging from them. It's got sago palms on either side of the walk. The house has the way it's situated is there's a, a front porch that's covered in between two like big dormers that come up on either side like wings. They kind of jut out at you from like the steep sloped roof. And there are some sun uh, skylights right there in the middle. And it almost Three. looks like. Yeah. Yeah, three, three skylights right yeah, it's and a it, very dark wood it's dark very dark and it stone dark it kind of looks like it's like looking at you just because mm-hmm. of the the symmetry of the house and like like Courtney said the siding is mostly wood and it gets it's gotten gray in the way that wood gets in humid um, shaded environments at the front door under the covered porch the wall looks like it's I'm pretty sure it's native rock it's because rocks. I had a wall that looked almost just like that in my basement for years and it it was made out of the really big, heavy, really heavy, irregular rocks that just got dug out of the land when they made the house. And they threw them all together into a wall and filled them in with this really thick lines of crooked grout all around them. So that's what the outside of the house looks like. And if you walk in, which we didn't we do. We didn't do that. Because that would have been It illegal. was a busy road, but it was a very rural area with like a little bait shop beside it there was not any business yeah it's not it's not right in the middle of anything Mm -hmm. just like a country road that was busy so if you were to walk in 
Um, on the right, there's a dining room. It's got a small galley kitchen attached to it. Um, on the left, it kind of looks like you're, you're walking into like an open log cabin. There's a sitting room with a block fireplace. Um, it's kind of nestled under a dropped ceiling where one of the bedrooms sits above that side. And then if you, but if you were to walk in the front door and just go straight ahead, you'd have to step down two steps into this square entry room. It's got this sunken floor that's just, you know, you'd walk in, you step down and you're in this entry room that's probably two feet below the, the level of the rest of the ground floor. And above it, there's high ceilings and there's exposed beams. Um, it's very nice. You can see the upstairs hallway and the upstairs, where the upstairs bedrooms are. It's all open to that part. So you can see, you can look over the railing at, at all the downstairs from there. And um, the sunken entry room is surrounded by railings, I guess, for safety so that like, I don't know, toddlers don't just wander in and bonk Insurance, their heads on everything. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And on one side of the sunken entry room the the sunken bit extends kind of underneath the staircase that on that side goes upstairs to the upstairs bedrooms and it's a whole section of stone block wall there and it used to be apparently a built-in aquarium that oh, took up weird. the entire wall underneath the staircase and it's these these deep gray blocks and it even looks like at one point there may have been like a, a a touch pool or something that was open that was about that deep um, built in to the workings of the house. Um, there's like four partial columns of gray stone that are perpendicular to the room wall and like they're they just extend under the staircase and they're different heights so they kind of look like they're just pointing upward. Um, it's a it's just a very unusual thing. So if you were to continue through that room, you would end up in a couple of other bedrooms downstairs. There's kind of a, a separate wing back there. And if you were to instead walk up the staircase to the upstairs bedroom, which has, the staircase has like wood treads and open risers. And if you're my age, like that's that's like the super 60s, 70s. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like Love every that. kid got their legs stuck in that shit. And like, you know, like you could just stick your whole body underneath it and like dangle your legs. It's upstairs stairs is lots and lots of dark wood. There's nooks and crannies in the rooms. There's some random little narrow hallways and doors that don't seem to belong where they are. Um, but it's a unique house, to say the least. And Mark has said that people get very disoriented when they go inside. And it's not just because of the layout. There have been some really weird things happening in this house over the years. And they've happened not just to Mark, but to other family members and even to people who lived in this house before they ever lived there, as he found out later. Mark's sister Ashley said that as a kid, she slept in one of the downstairs bedrooms and frequently, like, and that's what she said. She said this happened pretty often. She would be awakened in the night by the sound of somebody walking with work boots on a hardwood floor directly above her just like a clump. Mm, yeah. And she lay there not wanting to wake anybody and hoping that it would just stop. But sure enough, every time it happened, it would just get louder and louder. And she would have to eventually just jump out of bed and run and get her dad and say, there's somebody upstairs. And every time he would grab his gun, because that's what you do, and he would jump out of bed and run upstairs and there's never anybody there. Um, his sister Brandis said that she used to see a shadowy figure shaped like a person standing mm. outside the sliding glass door to the backyard. That would scare no. me to death. And she could see light coming in from every other part of that sliding door except for just this place that made the shape of a figure. And she said that she never felt safe while it was there, which is fair, well, right? That's fair, yeah. But she said she always felt like it was just waiting for an opportunity of some sort. Um, 
And Mark himself, every time he would come home to visit this house, he stayed in one particular upstairs bedroom and he'd be laying on the bed. He'd be reading a book. And it's, it's funny. His dad would just run up the stairs and come tearing through the door, just you know, push the door open, just put out as hell and say, why are you doing that? Will you cut that out? And Mark's like, what are you talking about? And his dad said, you're up here slamming something on the floor so hard it's shaking the entire house. And he's just been literally like laying on his bed, reading a book the entire time. So where's this house? This is right outside Savannah. Okay. So I mentioned Mark starts this, uh, this production company in 2011 with his friend Alexis. And when he moves back in 2014 to Savannah, Alexis comes pretty regularly to come visit him. And um, when she comes, because, you know, they've got a lot of work to do. They've got projects, you know, on the back burner, all that kind of stuff. And um, at this time, his dad is still, um, is still alive. And whenever Alexis comes to visit, his dad puts her up in the guest bedroom upstairs. There's a floral wallpapered bedroom where Mark used to stay sometimes. They always put guests there because it's really, it's the prettiest room in the house. And it has its own bathroom. And um, so the first night she's staying there, she wakes up for 4 a.m. or so because she hears something. And she said she woke up and realized there was somebody in the room in the corner. (laughs) And she said I could feel it, but I couldn't see it. And... She's staring into the dark thinking like, am I crazy? Because all of a sudden she feels like it's not in the corner. It's at the end of the bed. And the whole room is silent. And then she feels just a little tug. And then the comforter and the sheets shoot down to the footboard off of her body, (laughs) crumpled up at the bottom of the bed. And a voice is right next to her and starts screaming. She said, yelling like somebody screaming through a radio right at her face. And... She like she waits for it to stop uh, somehow and then, you know, manages to kind of pull herself together and run down the stairs and she sleeps on the couch downstairs. (laughs) So at 7 a.m., Mark's dad comes down and said, why are you down here? You're supposed to be up in the nice room. And she said, that room is haunted. And he goes, oh, yeah, that. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you murder somebody and there's like another soul in that house. So, you know, over breakfast, I guess, she tells him and Mark what happened to her that night. And um, Mark starts telling her all the things that he's experienced in the house before and that his dad has experienced. And Mark and Alexis get to talking. And Alexis said, now, what if, what if, what if, what if you write a fictional horror story script that draws on the experiences of the people Mm -hmm. that have lived in this house, but it's not a real story. And then we film it in this house. What? And they're like, because I don't know why they're like, let's do that. Yeah. So they decide that that's what they're going to do. Mark is the writer between them. So he gets to work on the script and he's often staying in the house alone. His dad has passed away by this time. And one night, he's downstairs working late. It's like 2.30 in the morning. And like we said, it's, it's, a, it's a loud road outside, mm-hmm. but it's 2.30. It's peaceful it's like right now. Yeah, just... it's just a fast road, but there's no road noise right now. You know, it's, it's the middle of the night. It's peaceful. You know, he's just sitting there working. There's cicadas in the back. And then all of a sudden, there's this crash. And he, he, he hears it, but he also feels this crash through the whole house. Like somebody hit the floor above him with a sledgehammer. And outside, his motorcycle's motion sensor starts to blare. 
It's 20 feet away from the house. And his motorcycle's motion sensor has gone off with this crash. So very small goblins. I know, right? It must be, because he didn't find anything. And they can go away really fast. Um, there was another day, all the paintings and the pictures fell off the wall in every single room in the house at once. Oh my. Um, I think I would have like cameras set uh-huh. up everywhere. He did. He uh-huh. actually had security cameras set up all around the house. And he ended up just taking them down because he was tired of all the spooky shit he saw all the time. I mean, I'm not kidding. I was like, why the fuck do you stay here? It's because you're writing a movie, I guess. But he said, living alone there, he said, you start to feel kind of this sense of dread that overtakes your life while you're there. And um, one night, he's, he's fast asleep in the upstairs bedroom. And again, I'm like, why the fuck are you in this upstairs bedroom? Why? He's fast asleep why in the upstairs there? bedroom. And he wakes up thinking that he's hearing somebody talk to him. Oh, God. So he opens his eyes, and he concentrates, and he hears whispering. And it's a little girl's voice whispering outside the window. Mm-mm. The second story window <gasps> saying his name <gasps> over and over and over again. No. And he's like, my whole body just went ice cold. And when he can finally move, he just slowly just walks. It's like it's, it's hard to turn your back on shit like that. You know, like when you're Whoa. scared of something, even if you don't think it's real, it's really hard to stand up and like turn away from it. So he slowly walks out of the bedroom and he can hear her saying his name all the way out until he shuts the door. Did he write Salem? slot. No, he did not. <laughs> I knew when I said second story window, you were going to be like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. He, after this, he'd no longer go upstairs in the house. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, he had to have somebody on the phone with him whenever he had to go upstairs just so that somebody could call the police or, you know, the EMS. Um, no, he said because you would hit the you would hit the stairs and you would just feel this heavy fog hit Why? you. He said if he ever needed to go to the upstairs bedroom, that um, he would always get to the door and he would have to stop because he'd always got the sense that there was somebody just waiting on the other side of the door for him mm-hmm. to open it up. No, no, no. So somehow in all of this mess, Mark writes this fictional horror movie script. Well, I don't need much fiction. Like, I know, right? It's happening. But he, he, so he creates this fictional plot. It's about it's about a family that moves to a house in Savannah after the loss of a child. They need to move forward. They're looking for a change. And, of course, strange things start to happen in this house. There are dolls involved. There are creepy children involved. Um, things escalate. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, eventually the family, uh, I don't think this will tell you too much, but eventually the family finds out that the house was built over a burned out plantation, antebellum plantation, where horrible things had happened. We, these are things mm-hmm. we expect, right, from a right. horror script. And I won't tell you anymore because I don't want to ruin it for you if you want to watch it. Um, but, you know, he eventually, he finishes the script. He gets it budgeted and scheduled. Um, February 1st, this was either 2019 or 2020, um, he signs an investment contract for the film. And he remembers this very clearly. He was living at the house at the time alone. There was nobody visiting. Um, The next morning on February 2nd, that's why he remembers the date, he walks into the bathroom and all the mirrors in the bathroom are fogged over like somebody has been in the shower for two hours. And there are symbols drawn on the window in the fog. And he can't recognize a lot of them. One of them is a skull face. And that's all he could remember. 
He's like a marketing genius. Isn't he, though? I mean, part of me seriously thinks exactly that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, all of this information, and I haven't given any citations yet, but we will have them on on the show page and everything. But most of this is from interviews. We drove past the house. We we pulled up in the driveway. You didn't get (laughs) out and, like, peer in the window? No. No. It had a no trespassing. Yeah, it had. I I think they're used to people trying to do that. Um, So we turned around. We turned around. Because there was nowhere to... Yeah. Yeah. There was nowhere to go, really. Yeah. Okay. But I did take some shots of it. We'll talk a little bit about that later. Mm-hmm. So um, as they start filming the movie, because they do, they're, they're going to film it in the haunted house. As they start filming the movie, they're, um, they're thinking, okay, well, we want some weird shit to go on. I mean, it's a haunted house. There's a reason why we chose to do this. But we don't want anybody to get, like, actually hurt. And so they bring in mediums, they bring in a priest, they bring in a voodoo priestess, they bring in a demonologist, they bring in paranormal investigators, they bring in like the whole nine, like the army comes to check out this house. And many of them reported that they saw the same things and they had similar ideas. So there's a guy named Christopher Susi. Um, he's a YouTube YouTube guy. I don't know. He's a paranormal investigator. And he started calling that sunken entry room the pit. Oh. He says that when you have a place like that where there are two wings on either side and no easy exit from the space, on top of the fact that there was a built-in aquarium, so there's like a water feature involved, he said you're basically putting spirits in a well and they can't exit Mm. and um so you know that was one of the takes that people had on it um some people said that there were a variety of spirits in the house um of course there's this little girl that he's already had uh, yeah that he's already had some uh some experience with was there anything outside the house besides like just the driveway not at this time there's okay not at this time Oh, you mean like, like physically a, in the structure out, of the house? Yeah, like there's, there a, like a, there's a pool out back and there's an outbuilding, but they're all behind. Okay. You can't see them from the road. Um, so uh, one of the mediums said that there was an enslaved man in one of the upstairs bedrooms and that he was upstairs trying to break the chains on his ankles with a rock, which she thought explained the sledgehammer noises that they would hear on the floor all the time. There was something in the upstairs bedroom that most of them pointed to as a focal point. And they said that there was something dark there and that it acted like a battery for everything else. And I was like, cue Carrie Ann. <laughs> like, don't go to the light. But this thing seemed to be dangerous. And so a demonologist came, as they asked him to, to get the thing out of that bedroom. Because the demonologist said that this is a portal. This is where all the varieties of That's spirits are coming from. reminds me of that from. story that I did in was it North Carolina mm-hmm. about the lady where it's like mm-hmm. there's ley lines. And, exactly. And, and there like were they built like the house that in the cr- wrong like spot. Wolf-like creature yes. that kept on attacking people. It's Yeah, it's it's yeah. similar to that idea. You're a wolf. So this demonologist comes. She buries 50-pound rose quartz crystals around the house at every corner three Whoa. feet deep. 50 pounds. Whoa. She's wow. boarding this shit. Whoa. She's like, you, you're done. You're out. Crystals. And um, so she's like, we basically put a force field around your house. Okay. She said, I've closed the portal that's in the upstairs bedroom. But she said, that doesn't mean that your problem is solved. She said, eventually, they're going to get back in because I closed it. But they're all on the other side, 
pounding on the door. Oh, my. And so Mark thinks. Well, they won't back in. I know. If he feels that entity coming back that he knows that, okay, well, once this feeling comes back, I know I need to do something. I need to do something about it. He's like, like call me. Give me another. I know, right? Give me another $500. $500. Um, he still has mediums come sometimes over the course of the filming and afterwards to check in. And he says, in a 2020 interview that I watched he said the last medium that he had at the house had stood stock still at the front door and looked at him and said Mark there's something running around your house fast as it can go around and around and around looking for a way in oh so so they're still going to film this fucking movie. <laughs> and they're scheduled to start filming March 2020, which isn't a bad enough omen oh on its own. Oh, my God. Um, so, Something of course, then, right? we all know oh, what happened yeah. March 2020. So they end up having oh. to make some changes. They had to spend a whole lot of money on COVID protocols. And they were like one of the first films, an independent film of all things, that's having to film under COVID protocols. And um, so they didn't quite realize how much expenditure that was going to mean. You know, I mean, it's right. expensive to, you know, they had to limit the amount of time people could be on set they had to make sure that they didn't have as many people they had to you know there was just tons of stuff they had to test constantly yeah so um you know they ended up having to edit the script they cut characters out to save money and they thought one of the ways they could save money is by having two of the crews stay in the house during the filming oh lord which lasted a week i bet because both of them woke up in the middle of the night and saw, opened their eyes in bed, looked up at the ceiling, and saw this fog with blue electric lights floating mm. on the ceiling above them. Both of them. And they were like, we don't stay here now. No, <laughs> really? Um, other things that happened during filming, um, there was a crew member that was headed up, uh, up to the upstairs bedroom. Something pushed her up the stairs. She cut her leg open on the stairs. Ooh, which I'm just like, well, I mean, you saw the, the staircase. Open. Come on. Right, they're the open um, there, there was a crew member that was filming in one of the upstairs bedrooms, and something, they said, grabbed their leg from underneath the bed. Um, oh, they had to block some of the parts of the house off. They had to make, like, a fake wall for part of the filming. And um, this inadvertently created this, like, sort of blank, empty space, like, right right behind um, Mark's room. So there's two doors into his room. You can still go in the one, but the other one basically just leads to this random triangle of empty space that's useless. So he just locks that door and that's it, you know, no big deal. So one night, 3.30 a.m., he wakes up to his bedroom doorknob turning violently back and forth. Something trying to force that locked door open. The locked door that you can't get into that space from any other direction that nothing could possibly be in. Um, one time during filming, a crew member stopped by the house when nobody was there. Oh, I love this one. <laughs> mm. So he goes into the front room and he starts to feel weird. He feels mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And he says out loud, okay, I'm Mark's friend. I'm here for the film. I don't mean anybody any harm. Didn't find what I'm looking for. Turns around and walks out. He walks down the driveway. He gets in his car, sits down, opens his phone, and he has a text message from himself, sent 30 seconds earlier, that says, please come back inside. Oh, my Bullshit. God. For real. I just got chills, like, for real, real. Many people saw or heard a little girl in the house. They would see her run across rooms. They would hear her laugh. They would hear her cry. Mark, like I said, now you said about security cameras, he had them all around and he had taken them down. But part of the thing with the movie was they also realized that if we're going to do this, why don't we film a documentary at the same time? That's about Um, how it is to film a film in a haunted house. So they put the security 
security cameras back online so they could catch every weird thing that happened in the house while they're filming. And um, one day they're looking through the footage and they see Alexis's three-year-old daughter walk into the upstairs bedroom. Why would you bring your Uh child into a haunted house? Why would you let a three-year-old walk up a bunch of 70s fucking stairs in a haunted house? (laughs) But um, so she, she is in the upstairs bedroom to look at the rocking horse that they put there as a prop for the film. And she stays there for a little extra time. So they're watching the the video trying to figure out why she's there. And they see her lips moving. Yep. And when they ask her about it later, she says, I was talking to the little girl. Um, and the horse starts rocking and nobody's touching it. I know, right? There, there is actually a video of a rocking chair in that room rocking with nobody touching it. But um, the so people even started to think that it was following them home. Mm-hmm. So the I'm lead out. the lead actress the lead actress Jenna started hearing oh, shit, knocking we all around her apartment. Um, she started hearing people humming all the time around her apartment that she lives in by herself. Um, one day she had her script sitting on the kitchen table. She was working on it and it's got pushed up from underneath. It was sitting flat on the kitchen table and it gets pushed up and shaken in front of her. At one part point, Mark brings in some historians. You know, like I said, they're filming this documentary too, so they want kind of the background of the actual haunted house. Yeah. And um, he brings in these historians, and like I said, the key point, one of the key points in the movie is that they find out that the house was built on an, a burned-out antebellum plantation, right? So the historians, you know, he's, he, he made this up. He, he made up the whole script. And the historians say, oh, yes, this was actually the location of a burned-out antebellum plantation. Because the little girl whispered it into his ear while he was sleeping. Well, that's what they say. Now, I will say, though, I mean, like, you're in fucking Savannah, and you're on the Ogeechee River, and there were a lot of rice plantations and, like, Sea Island cotton plantations. So, I mean, you could basically throw a stone and hit a house that was the site of a plantation. Right. But, you know, he, Mark, of course, has a feeling that whatever was in the house was feeding him information while he's writing the script. Oh. And one medium told him like you didn't write the script oh. they wrote it through you like the bible <laughs> exactly so um two months after the movie wraps the lead actress comes by to say hi she walks into the main room with mark and all the doors around the house start to slam like they're clapping for her oh. um and she says oh do you have construction going on and he's like no it's just us <laughs> um he said when he was doing post-production, it's like every time he'd open his laptop to walk on, work on the movie, it's like the energy would just ramp up in the house. Like, it's excited. And so yeah. anytime the actors came by, his brother and his niece came by one day while he was doing editing work, and he opened up his laptop to show his niece a scene that his brother was in, and all the windows in the house start going up and down. Oh, Sorry, um, I'm just making sure I'm not texting myself right now. I know, right? <laughs> that, was, that really is my favorite one. <laughs> so uh, the movie came out October of last year. And uh, it's called A Savannah Haunting. Ooh, and you can haunting. you can rent it or buy it on Vudu, Amazon, Apple TV. You can watch it with ads on Tubi. The documentary still hasn't been released, but I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it when it is. Because that part's the part that I want to see more than anything else. But Mark still lives in this house by oh, himself. Oh, shit, he still lives there? By <laughs> himself. I don't think. I mean, he, 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 lives he has LA a residence yeah. there. But, yeah, he's yeah. like, he goes back and forth between places. He says he can go upstairs now. Mostly now he doesn't feel like these things are scaring him. He feels like they're fucking with him. Um, but every every once in a while, something weird still happens that just gives him chills. Like, sometimes he hears something fall over upstairs and get dragged across the floor. Um, Sometimes he hears somebody pounding on the sliding glass door or a man's voice whispering outside the house, and and there's never anybody there. 
Um, but like I said, Courtney and I drove by this house on our trip to Savannah. And I did take photos. I took some very frantic, poorly framed photos because I'm a chicken ass. And I was like, somebody's going to make like, me go away. Well, stay parked here. It's fine. I know, right? Like, and I was like, no, I got to. You should see these shitty photos I took. I mean, it's terrible. I was like, look, a palm. Like, that's, that's <laughs> basically what I got. But, you know, I kind of, I didn't really look at them until um, a couple days after we got home. Because oh I, I just stopped thinking about it. these pictures? And I was like, I should oh probably God. look at these photos. And I don't know if there's anything in them or not. Um, what? I'll let you. I'll let you look at them first, and then you can pass them around to anybody else who wants to see she's them. She's holding the cat too. But Did you get scared too? You had yeah. to hold the cat. She's it's basically if you find yourself inclined to see ghost figures <laughs> in photos of old houses. You could take a look at these and tell me if you see something. Um, well, maybe shit, there's the something there. Scary. Maybe yeah. there's not. It's very dark. It's mm-hmm. like a very dark 70s look, you know, kind of. But that's that's it. That's my story. I refuse. The jury is out on whether there's anything in these photos. Oh, okay. But I'm going to be looking. I, uh, I don't know. I see some eyeballs. Yeah, for real. <gasps> Shut up. So, Have you not looked at these, Courtney? No, no she I hasn't didn't seen them. She hasn't seen I mean, them. I was driving the car while she was like holding her iPhone out the Oh my God. No, 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 no. 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 So let me see the, I'm let telling me you. This. So anyway, nope. that, I guess, is the end of our show. I am going to smudge you. And you can come up and look at these photos, which are marked with Sharpie. Which, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's wow. it. Oh, oh my God. No. Oh, that's Marla. the story of a Savannah haunting house. Good. Story. Oh, so good. I'm going to have to take a moment with these. It's I know you are. Right I know. It's not going to be long. <laughs> um, well, protect me, kitty. So thank you, guys. Yes, thank you so Are much. Are we doing? No, appreciate so. you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. What are we doing? I don't know. She was asking me a question I didn't understand. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, thank you so much for coming. We'll be walking around talking to y'all if you want to or not. If you don't, <laughs> we can ignore you. That's fine. That's, yeah, that's Whatever. okay. You're Wrong. so scary right now. You were w- watching her tell the story. I was like, look at you. Something has happened in the makeup since you told your story. This made you even scarier to me. Look at her. staring at me like that. Get on this side of me, Morgan, and take a picture this way so she can see why I've been looking at her so crazy for the last 30 minutes. for sale. Yes, y'all. If you would like some strange South swag, there are some t-shirts on the back uh, table there. Uh, This is one of the only places, Romarin at Corbeau is one of the only places where we actually sell our merch in In store. So Mm -hmm. if you would ever like anything around here in this area, they probably will have it for you. Um, So yeah, um, thank you for coming. Yes, I hope you enjoyed yourself. We enjoyed having you. And um, follow us, like us, you know, all the fun, whatever, that that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, rate, review. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye, Bye, y'all.